At the end of the day, there are two primary ways we can view and operate our lives and businesses, either through the lens of an abundance mentality or mindset or a scarcity mindset. And the difference can be life or death. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 46 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Pumped to be hanging out with you today. I hope you're having a great week and a great day. I don't know where you are listening to this, watching this, but I know that you are special and you're near and dear to my heart because you've taken time out of your day, which is a big deal to listen to this guy named Graham who named a show after himself and doesn't have a single guest on his show. It's just Graham talking to you about himself and his opinions and that kind of thing. So I know this is a weird narcissistic show, but my hope is that every episode brings you this much closer, just a little bit closer to a healthier life, a more profitable and prosperous business, clarity, and if nothing else, a little more peace in the chaos of entrepreneurship, whether you're at the very beginning of that journey and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? Or you're a decade into it and you're like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Uh, It is definitely easier to paint the picture that business is super easy. And not only is it easy, but once you have your business up and running, good luck with that, you know, because they don't tell you how. They say it's easy. Once you have it up and running, then all your problems will go away and it'll just be like rainbows and butterflies. No, no, that's not real. That, that's why that's why this show exists. There's so much confusion and pain and uh, discontent and just overwhelm when it comes to running, starting, growing, managing, marketing, developing a business. It's just, it's ongoing. Um, And so my goal and my hope is that every episode of this show, I can help clear up some of the muck, just some of it for you. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I'm hopefully going to learn a lot more answers over the next 50 years of my life. Uh, But I've learned a lot in the last 10 of doing online business in particular. Uh, And so I'm always trying to get you a little bit closer. So I know it's It goes without saying, but it means a lot to me that you listen. It really, really does. I've been getting some incredible feedback um, from some people and actually wanted to pull up something that really just blew me away. I got a DM the other day uh, and this gal really blew me away. I won't share all of uh, what she shared, but she's growing a business um, while homeschooling kids, taking care of her family. Her husband's a police officer. And she basically said that she didn't realize how much she's taken on the hustle mentality. She said, I found myself frustrated all the time, constantly discontent, overwhelmed because there's never enough hours in the day to figure everything out. She says, if I could just work for eight hours a day, I thought to myself, I might be able to get it all done, but there's no way I could fit that in with taking care of the kids and homeschooling. Um, She listened to a couple of episodes, specifically the one on taking Fridays off. If you haven't listened to that episode, why you should take Fridays off, totally, you should do that. Um, And then the evergreen model of business. And uh, honestly, it changed my life in a moment where I was so lost. 
God used you to show. I don't need more hours in my day. My family is my most important priority. I don't want to build my business on the crazy launch model everyone's talking about. I can work just a few hours a day and be okay with slow, reliable growth. I've never been so excited about my business and my future. I woke up this morning feeling so content. She goes on. That is like the biggest win for me. If I can help you get a little bit closer to where she was at, where you just feel a little bit more clarity and hope that you don't have to do your business the way everyone else is doing it. You don't have to run your business the way all the gurus say to run your business. You don't even have to run it the way I say to run it, okay? I'm just hoping to shed some light on a different way of thinking about life and business in general because there are no rules. There are no rules. So stop doing what everyone's telling you to do if it's not working. Orient your life and business in such a way that your business serves your life and has a purpose in your life, not sacrificing everything for your business, because I can tell you that just doesn't lead to not only success, but it doesn't lead to joy and fulfillment. That's that's just a sad, sad road. So anyway, just I'm blown away uh, by messages like that, and I'm blown away that you would listen, and I've wasted enough of your time. We'll get into it, but I just, I was just feeling a little, I was feeling a little like, you know, excited about what this content can do for your life. I don't want to just give you tactics. I want to improve your life. So let's talk about mindset. There are two primary ways to view the world. And depending on your personality, depending on your background, you might shift or lean to one of these more by default. But if I'm going to lump all human beings into two categories, which is very dangerous to do, I understand. Um, I think there's two giant lenses that we can view the world in, either this abundance mentality or mindset or this scarcity mentality or mindset. And a lot of it may not be within your control in terms of you didn't decide to have a scarcity mindset or you didn't decide to have an abundance mindset. Your upbringing, the way your parents raised you, the way your home, the the tension in your home. So what's interesting is, and I'm going to break down some examples of what scarcity mindset are and abundance mindset are. I'm going to walk through a couple of ways that I process things and and talk about how this actually, this isn't frou-frou, okay? This isn't just um, the power of positive thinking. Although there is some power in being positive physiologically. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but there's some powerful studies out there. But no, this and this isn't the law of attraction or any nonsense like that. Um, This is just, this is just the way you view the world. This is worldview type stuff. The way you like to take in information and how you process it, what you do with it. We can look at, two people can look at the same situation and come to wildly different conclusions and take wildly different actions and see wildly different results. That, that's all we're talking about here today. Um, if you grew up in a home where money was in short supply, there was fights over money, um, there's a lot of tension over money, that typically can lead you into a scarcity mindset around money. And then that will bleed into everything in your life, especially if you have a business um, and it can cause you to just tense up and hold on tightly. If you didn't grow up in that background in your home, um, you might not be prone to scarcity by default, but you still could fall into one of these two camps. So it just probably depends on your background, but let me break down really quick uh, what I'm talking about here. These are just something, when I bullet out like the way scarcity mindset can look in a business owner, this might help you. Um, If you have a scarcity mindset as a business owner, 
you will think that there is a fixed pie of customers, fixed number of customers. It's however many thousand, hundreds of thousand, millions. It's just the market share, right? There's this pie of market share. How, what's my slice? How many, you know, how many customers do I have? If someone else takes more customers, there's fewer customers for me in the pie. It's simple fixed pie economics. You take a slice out, there's le less of the pie, right? So there's a fixed pie of customers. A scarcity mindset would say that the market is too saturated or it's already been done before. Okay, a few episodes ago, we talked about um, how to grow your business in a saturated market. Episode 42, three tips to start or grow your business in a saturated market. But a scarcity mindset business owner would see saturation and say, oh, can't do it. It's already being done. And it's already been done really well. Um, scarcity mindset business owner would say, if I post this polarizing content, I might get hateful comments. I might make some people upset. I might get some angry emails. Okay? A scarcity mindset business owner would say, I can't take risks in my business because what if I lose it all? This is very common when it comes to personal finance. If you have a scarcity mindset, you'll say, I can't invest in the stock market. What if I lose my money? Even though you're losing your money every day because of inflation, your purchasing power is going down. Our scarcity mindset person would say, I, I can't buy a house. What if uh, the housing market collapses and I lose all my value and, and my house is foreclosed on? So there's fear into taking some of these risks because what if I lose it all, okay? A scarcity mindset business owner would say, I make it hard. They may not say this, but they do this. They make it hard or nearly impossible for people to refund their products. This is more common in our space with information products, digital products, online courses, membership sites. So the thinking is, well, they bought my course. They could have watched all the videos and learned everything and then asked for a refund. I, I don't want to give them a refund because they've taken from me and now they're going to be able to have their money back and the knowledge. Have you ever thought that? Typically, refund policies for people that have a scarcity mindset either are not mentioned at all, or they're like seven days or something dumb, or they're like, show me your work, and then I'll give you a refund. As long as you show me that you did the work and you're still not satisfied, then I'll give you the refund. Classic example of scarcity mindset refund policy. Bad idea, by the way. Uh, and finally, scarcity mindset would say, I can't afford to spend any money in my business to hire an assistant or travel to a conference or fill in the blank. There's that fear of investing in the business above a certain threshold because what if I don't have enough money? I'd like to hire someone. I'd like to travel, network at that event. I'd like to go to that conference. I'd like to invest in that course, but I just, I, I can't afford to spend that kind of money. On the other side of things, if you have an abundance mindset in your business, those same topics would look like this. There is no fixed pie of customers. There are always more customers to go around. If you dive deeper into that mentality, an abundance-minded business owner when it comes to customers not only believes there are more customers coming online every day, so the, the pie is actually growing, 
but they believe that customers buy from multiple people. So that, and we talked about this a few episodes ago, just because some of your competitors have a certain group of customers doesn't mean those customers can't be your customers also. The beauty of having information products is you can share customers as opposed to say like suitcase companies, right? If somebody buys your suitcase, they're probably not going to need another suitcase for a while. So they're not going to buy your competitor's suitcase at the same time. They just really need one at a time. Not true with information. An abundance mindset business owner would say, just because it's been done before doesn't mean I can't do it as well. Okay, we see the same thing. It's saturated. It's been done before. That has no bearing on whether I can do it as well. Why not me? Why not me? If you have an abundance mindset, you might say, if I post this polarizing content, I might help a ton of people by saying what no one else has the guts to say. Yeah, they might get hateful comments, but they see the people they can help by being a voice for the voiceless and standing up and saying what needs to be said. An abundance mindset business owner would say, if I take calculated risks, my business could explode. Everything is a risk. It's a risk not to do anything, right? It's all about calculated risks. So if you have an abundance mindset, you might say, hmm, if I do this, you don't focus on all that you might lose. Instead, you focus on all that you might gain. I might, I might really grow the business if I do this. An abundance mindseted, mindseted business owner would say, I always refund any customer who asks because I believe it's best for them and I trust that more customers will come my way. Not afraid to refund. In fact, they believe it's the best thing for the client. They understand that it's good PR for their customer that walks away with a refund because they had a good experience. And they also just inherently believe there's plenty more customers that will buy the product. And that refunding is just part of the process. And if you have an abundance mindset as a business owner, you might say, I see the wisdom in investing in my business when it allows me to scale revenue and work less at the same time. So an abundance mindset would say, yeah, no one wants to spend more money that they don't need to spend. But if I spend this money and I hire someone or I have a tool that automates something and I'm able to scale my income, grow the business while reducing my work hours, it's worth the cost. Okay, maybe that gives you some idea of two ways of looking at the same thing. Why is this important? I think I interact with want to be business owners, newer business owners, um, and and based off the questions I get, I can I can tell pretty clearly if they have an abundance or a scarcity mindset. And a lot of people have a scarcity mindset. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of insecurity. And I understand we're, we're conditioned to not want to fail. We're conditioned to be afraid of failure. Um, I blame it on a lot of things. I blame it on the school system. I blame it on um, maybe the way we were raised generationally. If you're in the millennial generation, we were raised um, to not make mistakes don't get a bad grade, don't fail. Um, so we're, we're conditioned to just like do the right thing to get the 
the result that people will applaud you for, which makes for a bad entrepreneur. Because, and, and so what people want, and I see this all the time, is they want a formula. Like they don't, they don't want to take any risk. They want a formula that guarantees success. And that just, just it just doesn't exist. I, I teach, I sell con- uh, content through a course, through memberships. And people are like, if I take your course, um, can you guarantee that I'll make money? Or I want to make sure that these methods still work and are guaranteed to work. I'm like, dude, I can't guarantee you anything. There are so many variables. That's not, that's not how business works. I can show you the best methods. I can show you what works and what doesn't work, but my goodness, there are so like that's not how business works. If you want a guarantee, just stay home and you will be guaranteed to have a sucky life. Just stay at home, do nothing, try nothing, and you will never amount to anything. You will never make an impact in the world. You will never find satisfaction in creating something beautiful for the benefit of others. You certainly won't make any money. You certainly won't have any thrill of accomplishment or challenge or the satisfaction of completion of blowing up someone's life by giving them value. You won't have any of that guaranteed. That's all like the only guarantee I can give you. If you want a business that works, you're going to have to step outside of your door, right? That's, that's like, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know, Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit, especially in the, you know, Frodo, the same in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, is afraid to step out of his door and he doesn't want to go on any adventures because what if all these bad things happen? There's dragons out there. There's trolls out there. There's all kinds of evil things out there. It's just, it's nicer if I stay here in the Shire, stay here in my little house. I've got my tea. I've got my books, my maps. He lives through maps and he like, it's just safer at home. But at the same time, if you step outside your door, there's no telling what beautiful adventure you might go on. And that's life in general. And that's business in particular, which is what we're talking about. There is no guarantee. It is risky to start a business. And so I sense this fear. I sense this, I don't know, Graham. I'm not going to do it until I know it's going to work for sure. Dude, I feel you on that. I... I thank God that he took my job away during the recession of 2009 and put me in a tough spot where I I had to start something because I couldn't quit my job. It was taken from me. He kind of, you know, I'm like the kid that wants to learn how to swim, is afraid of the water. And so I'm like dipping my toes in and it's like my dad comes along and just kind of pushes me in the water, which feels rude, harsh, cold, and abrupt. And then I'm like, flailing and flailing, but then guess what? I learned how to swim because I got in the freaking water. But if it were up to me, I would have just sat on the edge of the pool, 100%. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'm a scaredy cat by nature, scarcity mindset by nature. Don't want to dip my toes in the water until I know I can swim for sure. I'm not going to get in the pool until I know I'm a swimmer, right? And it's that whole model. And I think um, I saw this analogy in The Go-Giver, so I'll give Bob Berg credit and John David Mann if that's where I got it. But it always made sense to me. Uh, If you have a scarcity mindset, that's like telling the fireplace, give me some fire and then I'll put some logs in the fireplace. 
I want to see fire, and then I'll put logs in. It just doesn't, doesn't, that's not how it works. You got to put the logs in first to start a fire. So it's the whole, I want to see it all done. I want to see that there's no possibility for failure. There's no possibility for risk. It's going to work out guaranteed. Then I'll start it. Then I'll start it. That's, I mean, I'm getting off on the side tangent. My head's going in a million places, but that's like the way people view marriage. I'm not going to get married to you unless I know for sure you're never going to leave me. You're never going to cheat on me. You're never going to disappoint me. You're always going to stay as attractive and young looking. You're always going to be nice to me. You're never going to turn your back on me. If I, if you can promise me all those things, then I'll commit to you. That's why marriages are falling apart left and right because we go into it one foot in, like, I'll commit as long as you're 100% committed to me. But if the moment I see you giving me a hint of, "Mm, you're not in it anymore, you're not giving me what I want, you changed, I'm out. I'm out. This isn't what I signed up for. Right? Where technically, if you look at, you know, where marriage was invented in the Bible, right? As, As Christians, you see that marriage is considered a covenant, not a contract. A contract says, if you don't, if you don't do what, you said you're going to do what we signed. I'm not going to do what I said I'm going to do. That's contractual agreement. Covenantal agreement is I'm going to commit to you. You're going to commit to me, but we're committing to each other even if the other person doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. It's a covenant. And man, that is harder. That is riskier. There's a lot of risk that goes into that. That's the way we approach business is like, it is risky to say, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to nurture this thing. See if it can grow, and it, dude, it may not grow, or it might be hard, or there might be some weird challenges along the way. It is risky, and I understand where people are at when they have these questions. They are afraid of the competition. They're saying, Graham, this has already been done. I was literally on Facebook a second ago, and there's a group of people who are doing online business, and they're all talking about, have you just seen like everywhere in your feed, there's all these ads for just people selling courses. It seems like everyone's selling courses and online products. Like, it's just taking over the world. Does that mean that we can't sell products anymore? And there's this sort of doom and gloom of like, it's being done more than it ever has. So now how are we ever going to stand out? That's classic scarcity mindset. You're looking for every reason to prove yourself wrong, Graham wrong, this model wrong. It's not going to work. My business will never work. Not enough customers. It's already been done before. I'm not good enough. Times have changed. Things are different. Recession's coming. Whatever it is, it's fear. It's fear. And here's the scarcity formula. I wrote this down and I made this up, by the way. So it's not scientifically proven, right? This is Graham's scarcity formula. You ready for it? Fear that there isn't enough to go around plus natural human insecurity equals closed-handed business owners who play it safe and blend in with everyone else. I'll say it again because that was a mouthful. Fear that there isn't enough to go around plus natural human insecurity equals closed-handed business owners who play it safe and blend in with everyone else. This is most business owners right now. They're operating out of a baseline fear that there's not enough money or customers to go around. Baseline. They're starting there. And then all humans are insecure. 
if you have a pulse, you're insecure. So you blend insecurity with this fear already that there's just not enough to go around. What that makes you and what that creates is a business owner who's closed-handed, like just hold on to every customer, every sale I've got, every opportunity. Uh, don't want to share any of my best practices. Don't want to talk to the competition. Don't even want to look at the competition. Just close-handed. And then almost even worse than that, in this content age where we're an internet age, these business owners play it safe. Bland content. They copy everyone else's website. Their, their web copy, sales copy, all looks the same. And what happens when it all looks the same? You blend in with everybody else. So no one notices you. And that just leads to attrition. That leads to stagnation. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because your business falls apart. And you're like, see, see, I knew it. I knew it. Times of change is not enough to go around. I knew it. And you get trapped in a scarcity mindset. The alternative is what I call the abundance formula. And again, I made this up. Faith that there is plenty to go around plus natural human creativity equals open-handed, generous business owners who are magnetic and thrive in the marketplace. I'll say it again. Faith that there is plenty to go around plus natural human creativity equals open-handed, generous business owners who are magnetic and thrive in the marketplace. This is where you want to be. It has to start with an inherent belief that there is plenty of money in this world, plenty of customers, plenty of opportunities for everyone. It starts with this belief that wealth and business and entrepreneurship isn't a fixed pie where if someone's taking a bigger slice and they're crushing it, that means there's less for the rest of us. It doesn't start there. It starts with a view of wealth and business and entrepreneurship that's more like a candle, right? If I have a candle with a flame, if I lean over and light your candle, I don't lose any flame. The flame multiplies. Now we both have flame. Then you can light someone else's candle. We can light up a whole room of candles starting with one little flame. It multiplies and grows. So starting with that faith that there's plenty to go around, plenty for me, plenty for everyone, plus another natural human disposition, not just insecurity, but we have natural human creativity. We have God-given creativity. That is how business gets done. People see a, a underserved market. They see a problem. They, they see a way that something that's good could be a little bit better. This is what I love about human beings. We are creative. We're, we're innovative. Like We come up with things that make the human race better, even if it's just by a tiny degree. Uh, it's incredible. So if you have that natural faith that there's plenty to go around, plus a little bit of your natural human creativity, what that leads to is a business owner who is open-handed, not holding on tightly to anything because they believe there's plenty to go around, which makes you generous. And generosity is the secret sauce to business, my friend. It's the secret sauce to life. When you are generous, you become magnetic. And we know this to be true. Just for a moment, stop and think of the most generous person you know. Maybe it's your mother, father, maybe it's your spouse, brother, sister, friend, mentor. 
coach? Is there someone in your life, maybe as a child or now, that is, if you had to sum it up, is the most generous person you know, whether he or she is generous, they're always buying the meal, always paying for things, or they're generous with their time, they're always available, they, they make time for you, or they're always calling or texting, asking how you're doing, pouring into you. Think about that person, the most generous person you know. Would you consider that person attractive as a human being? I don't mean like physically attractive in a sexual way. I mean like, is that the type of person you want to be around? Would you like more people in your life to be like that person? Yes. The answer is yes. That's generosity. Generosity is magnetic. When you are magnetic as a person, you thrive in life, right? Magnetic people seem to just rise to the top. Everyone likes them. How does that happen? Is it, is it manipulation? They manipulated. They, they pulled the wool over people's eyes to get to that. No, no. People promote and elevate and esteem people they like. And people like generous people. It's the same with brands and businesses. If you are a business, especially a small business where you are the face of the business or a major part of the business, people love brands and businesses that are generous. Those types of businesses are magnetic and will thrive in the marketplace. And generosity as a business owner can look like a million different things, but just baseline, if you are open-handed, generous, you will thrive in the marketplace. And that open-handedness and that generosity comes from having an abundance mentality, a baseline faith and belief that there's plenty to go around and I'm gonna use my God-given creativity to innovate and create and do things and risk for the benefit of other people. See how much more appealing that way of thinking in life seems? Just talking about it feels better. Two of my favorite Bible verses kind of encapsulate these thoughts. Okay, I don't know if you read the Bible or not, but you, sh- you should read these verses and, and marinate on them because they can change the way you view life and they can change the way you view your business, which can change your life. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Okay, what is Solomon saying here? Two examples of people. One gives freely, open-handed. Here, I want to share, I want to give. Someone who has an abundance mentality. And what happens to that person? Grows all the richer. Even though he or she is giving freely, paradoxical. Then another withholds what he should give. Scarcity mindset, closed-handed, fear, insecurity. But he only suffers want. He's always lacking, always needing something. And then he says that in a different way in verse 25. Again, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters or one translation says, one who refreshes will himself be refreshed or watered. And then in the New Testament, the apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is 
a um, not a formula. I hate that word when it comes to the Bible because God doesn't operate out of formulas. You can't manipulate God. But this is sort of a natural law of the universe that God has created into the fabric of the universe. And it's obvious when you think about it, the sowing and reaping, right? You might've heard that phrase before it comes from the Bible, but if you sow sparingly, right? Plant sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, like lots, you'll reap bountifully. Think of a farmer. And in the New Testament, both Jesus and a lot of the apostles and the disciples use farming analogies for a lot of things, for the kingdom of God, for finances, for a lot of things, because it's a it's very visual and obvious to understand. So I'm thankful for that because I'm not the most astute person. I'm not a philosopher. So I need, I need like clear analogies. Okay. So farming, even though I'm not a farmer, I get this. The scarcity mindset of business owner is like a farmer who's got a ton of seed in their bag and they're afraid to plant that seed in the ground because they say, if I plant this seed, then I don't have any seed left or I have less seed than I started out with. So I don't want to do that. I'm afraid of running out of seed. So I won't plant any. Okay, we can now laugh at that farmer slash business owner because we know that he or she will not grow any crops. They'll have plenty of seeds sitting around. I guess you can eat the seed. Maybe it's a sunflower seed. Maybe it's a nice salted sunflower seed. I can get down with that. But they will not reap a harvest because they didn't plant anything. Whereas if you have a business owner slash farmer who has an abundance mentality or common sense, takes her bag of seed and says, look, I can give up all the seed and plant it all in the ground and I will not have it for quite some time. So in the moment, it will seem as if I have given up something. But I know, because I have inherent faith that there's plenty to go around. I have inherent faith that the sun and the rain will come and that over time, sun plus rain plus soil plus seed equals plant that can grow and have lots of additional seed on that plant. And I will multiply what I put in the ground. So whatever I sow comes back, for one. So it's never actually gone. Whatever I sow comes back in a multiplied state. There's more of it. So I actually can grow what little I had. But then the other subtext of that is that it'll come back multiplied over time. It's not like I put it in the ground and instantly it comes back. And that's where the fear is, is if I invest either practically in my business or invest my time, Graham, I've been doing this and haven't seen any sales. Well, how long have you been in business? Two months. That's like, that's like a farmer who plants a bunch of seed, comes back the next morning and is like, dude, there is not a single crop to harvest. So, dude, you just planted the seed. These things take time. They take time. And we live in a culture that doesn't want to wait, has no patience, and believes if they don't get instant results, something's wrong or it's not working. It's really hard to convince someone of the business methodologies in this online world that work, but they only work over time. I wish... I could promise you if you bought my course or joined my membership or paid me to coach you that if you did what I said, 
you'd have results within a week or two guaranteed, or for sure within 30 days. I like, I wish I could promise you that. I, I can't. Because the way to have a healthy plant, the way to have a healthy business is to plant, water it, bring in the sunshine, and wait. And wait. But these things work. These things grow. So where I'm going with this, and if this sounds, this, you know, some of you might be thinking, this is the dumbest episode. Like what? Are we talking about farming? Why are we talking about plants? Like you might not be vibing with this, but some of you are. Some of you are getting it that, that this, this is a shift in the way you view your life and the way you view your business that you need to make if you want it to succeed. Look, if you, if you want to be cynical, if you want to be a pessimist and call yourself a realist, that's fine. You can do that. But you're not going to be very fun to be around. You're not going to grow a successful business. You're not going to get the things that I know you want because you're listening to me. So you probably are interested in growing a business or working less in your business. Even if it's successful, you're overwhelmed working too much. A lot of you want to be able to give money and time to causes and people that you actually care about. A lot of you want to be able to give your time to your family. If you want any of those things, you're going to have to shift from a scarcity mindset to an an abundance mindset. If you're a Christian, this is a lot easier because you inherently have a worldview that tells you that everything you need, God will provide and has provided in Jesus. And so you can operate out of, it's finished. I have what I need. God has promised to provide And since I have what I need, I can then go out and serve other people. That's the Christian ethic is I don't need to hold on tightly to my finances, to my time. I can give and serve and take care of others because I'm covered. I'm good. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's not your worldview, then you don't operate out of that. So for you, it's a little bit more of a leap of faith than the Christian, but still I would argue that just if you inherently look at the way God created the universe and the way things are and the way people are and the way we respond to other types of people, hopefully you're seeing that this this worldview of generosity, service, there's plenty to go around. I'm not gonna hold on tightly. I'm not gonna fight my competitors for this little sliver of market share that I believe in. If you believe in this mentality of just serving and trusting that there's enough to go around, if you love on your people, give, plant more seeds, you are going to benefit tremendously. 100% you're gonna benefit because this is just the way things are. It's just the way things operate. This leads to practically, if you're in a content place like I am and I teach all of my students that you should be putting out content, the way you sell more is by giving more to the world. You don't sell more by just creating more products. You don't sell more just by running more ads. You sell more by adding more value to the world because that builds goodwill and all those vague, hard to quantify things. But just on a practical level, the more content you put out there, the more SEO you have. (laughs) The more videos you have on YouTube, the more articles you have written, the more there is for Google and YouTube and all the search um, engines to find you. There's just more pathways for people to find you because you gave something else out there in the world. So when I have students who say, hey man, I've been blogging for a month and I'm trying to sell my product and it's not working. 
and say, the biggest reason you're probably not selling any product is because nobody knows about you. And the biggest reason nobody knows about you is because you've only been blogging for a month. If you were blogging for a year or two or three, you would have a much better chance of selling something because you would have more content and hopefully better content as you got better out there in the world that's free, that's valuable, that's loving and serving people well, and that points them back to you through your lead magnet, your opt-ins, your email, your website, all that stuff. And then after you've given to them, you can offer your product and then they can choose to buy or not buy. This is how this works. You got to plant a lot of seeds. You have to believe that that calculated risks are worth it. You have to believe that there is plenty to go around. You have to believe that you can add value. That's why this whole saturated market or it's already been done before or, you know, things are different this time. Like that's why all of that goes out the window. None of that's useful and none of that's real. What's real is, look, it's up to you. Like, do you want to help people or not? If you help people, you can make a living. It's as simple as that. Now, you may not make six figures. I don't think you need to make six figures to live a great life. Right now, median household income in the U.S. is just short, uh, just north of $60,000 a year. That means if you made $60,000 a year in a household in, in America, you are right in the middle. Half of Americans would make more than you. You could look at them, scarcity mindset. There's another example. Ooh, I don't make as much as half of Americans. Well, half of Americans would make less than you. Abundance mindset would say, look at how blessed I am. I make more than half of Americans. I don't deserve this. So it's just, it's just how you look at it. Median household income, $60,000 a year. Yeah, you're not living you know, in the Hollywood Hills. You're not driving a Lambo. But you can live a really good life. You can live a really good life, especially if it only takes you 20 hours a week to create, which is very doable. Then you can spend your life with your family and make the median household income. That's a great goal. Again, not everyone's going to make six figures. I think six figures is very reasonable to hit if you have an online business with a digital product and you do what I say. It's very doable. But then there's people that don't just want six figures. They want seven figures. And that's a lot harder because now... You're talking about, I just read the recent statistic, if you make $500,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of Americans, okay? So even to make half a million dollars a year, you're going from median, which is in the middle, to you're in the, the 99% people in America make less than you. That, that's, can we not be content with that? Like we need to make seven figures now? We gotta make a million or more a year to be happy? I mean, come on, people, you don't. You don't, and that's not realistic for everyone. It's, that is a lot harder to do than it sounds. But we see people do it, we're like, ah, oh, I wanna be able to do it. Or if I can't do a million dollars, it's not worth it. Look, you can you make a good living? Yes, just serve some people and you can make a good living. Stop shooting yourself in the foot. Stop basically having this close-fisted, oh, it's too late for me mindset. Bank on yourself. Get out there, do something. Dude, it might take you longer than it took me. Dude, it took me just about two years working full-time at this. But again, I was figuring this out. I didn't have any resources, had no clue what I was doing. You know more. If you've listened to even one or two of my episodes, if you've watched my workshop, my passive income workshop, you know more than I knew in a year and a half. I was in the dark, unfortunately. So it took me a long time. I'm a slow learner also, and I don't like change. And I had a scarcity mindset to begin with. But, and this is where I'm going to end. If you 
even have to convince yourself or fake an abundance mindset. To start, it's worth it. Because if it gets you off the starting block, if it gets you into building your business, planting some seeds, even a farmer who doesn't believe that the seeds are going to grow, if somebody just says, dude, you don't have to believe me, just plant them, and then let's see what happens. If you plant some seeds and you see they start to grow, what's going to happen? You're going to start to believe in the process because you've seen it work. When you see it work, your mindset can change. It starts with faith. I know you want it all mapped out and proven before you you jump in. But again, we talked about this. That's like telling the fireplace, give me some fire, then I'll put some firewood on there. It doesn't work that way. That's ludicrous. So fake it a little bit if you have to at the beginning. Trust me. If you don't trust the process, trust me. Start it. Once you get a taste of it working, this will start to shift your mindset because I can attest that over a decade of doing this, my mindset has shifted from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. I believe that I could go out into the marketplace and create wealth in a million different ways. If everything dried up for some reason, if both of my businesses dried up, I believe I could go out in the marketplace and start something new and I would find a way. Not because I believe in myself, because I'm somehow great. No, primarily because I believe in my God who is great and he provides. But I've seen it work. I've seen that if you go out and serve people and everyone always needs something, there's always going to be people that need something. There's always going to be a way to add value. If that exists, there is a way to monetize that and make a living. I have had more and more of an abundance mentality because I've seen it work. And when you get a little taste of it, take a few more risks, you invest a little bit more into yourself, invest a little bit more into your business because you see, you know what? If I invest 500 bucks here, I believe, I believe that's going to turn into a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks, or maybe $10,000 every year. Like you can, you start to get a little taste of it and you buy in a bit more and slowly but surely your mentality can change. So fake it a little bit if you must, because once you get a taste of it, it will fuel you and it will unlock a better life and a better business. Otherwise, you will shrink, blend in with everyone else, and virtually disappear in the marketplace. And we don't want that for you. We want you to be open-handed, to trust that there's enough to go around, use your creativity to risk for the good of others out there in the marketplace, and watch that generosity make you magnetic and allow you to thrive in the marketplace. And by thrive, again, you don't have to have millions of followers or make millions of dollars. But if you can provide for your family from the comfort of your home, doing work that you love and enjoy and have time and flexibility, isn't that thriving? I think so. So let's end this with a question. There's a lot that you could be thinking of, but I want you to think of one area. What one area in your life and what one area in your business right now can you choose to begin to operate more out of abundance than scarcity? I want you to pick one area. Is it your refund policy? Is it the way you sell, you sell from your heels. You're like afraid, like, oh, I hope you buy my thing. But if you don't, it's okay. I won't be mad at you. Scarcity leads to bad sales copy. That's a bonus tip for you. Is it 
that you should be starting a business, period, and you just haven't? Because what if it doesn't work? What if I try something and tell everybody and then it doesn't work and then I feel like a failure to all my friends and family? I've been there. What area, what one area in your life and business can you choose right now to operate more out of an abundance mentality than a scarcity mentality? If you're watching on YouTube, comment below if you're willing to share that one area. Be as specific or as generic as you like. Let me know below. And if you're not watching this, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, would you leave me a review? And let me know you listen to this episode. And let me know where you're going to shift to more of an abundance mindset in your life and business. I really am curious to hear how this plays out for you moving forward. This isn't a switch, you flip and then you're good. We're humans, we're insecure always, but this is an opportunity to begin moving in a slightly different direction, angle just a little bit left or right, which over time can take you to a much more promising place than the path of scarcity that you're on that leads to death. Death of joy, death of relationships, death of business. I don't want that for you. I want you to have life, growth, and abundance because you're creative, you're innovative, you're valuable. You have a lot to offer the world if you would just get out of your own way and show up and serve. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this show. It means a ton to me. Wish you all the best today, this week. And of course, my friend, I'll see you in another episode real soon.